You are now about to enter a podcast that is so casual, you may never take anything seriously again, where two childhood friends will speak about anything, and unfortunately, everything. So sit back and enjoy. Yeah, we the freaking casuals, a filthy mouth, tactical movement to keep it real. Just so that you know the deal. Remember this, we're just two bros. This is Paul and Lucky Show. We just trying to entertain for everyone going through that everyday grind. Try and relax and turn that volume up to max. Forget your worries, forget your woes. We know that sometimes life blows. Now let's get started, let's get going. All the new listeners, thanks for showing. Paul and Lucky having a blast. Welcome to the Casual Bros Podcast. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Bros. I am Lucky. And I'm Paul, a.k.a. P-Rods. Yo, 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 yo. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, if you, I hope you guys enjoyed my Paul impression. That's the best I got. It doesn't get any better than that. Anyway, guys, as you can probably tell from that terrible impression, Paul is out this week. I had to do some business on Sunday. I went up to my one of my cousin's uh, the churches. He's a pastor over there. And yeah, got to have a great visit with him. I actually, so I'll be real with you. I'm, I, I'm having deja vu because I actually, uh, I recorded a whole hour. Like uh, I recorded all of this yesterday, uh, which was for for me it was Monday, right? For you guys listening to this, it'll be on Friday. So this is Tuesday right now, and I listened back to it, and for some reason my mic just went haywire. I have no idea why. It does this. Every now and then, especially with my recording software, that when I'm not recording from Zoom, but when I'm recording just you know regularly from um, from my the, my editing software, I, I just sometimes goes haywire. I have no clue why, but I'm so happy that you know I tested it this time. It seems like every time I don't test something, something goes wrong, and that's just that's just what happens. But anyway, I was visiting my cousin over you know in another part of Texas, and I'll, I will say this: it was so it was so nice to be at like a smaller town because you know Austin's a huge town. Austin's a humongous man, but. You know, I but I've always been in big cities. But whenever you get to go to one of these smaller cities, where wow, dude, oh my god, that population is crazy. Apparently, in this in this town, in the town that I went to, there's a hundred and seven thousand people living there. A hundred seven thousand four hundred forty one people living there. Oh my god, do I even want to see how many people are in are in Austin? I don't. I don't know if I want to see that. Nine hundred and sixty, almost a million people here in Austin, and in San Jose. Oh man, it was well over a million. If I'm not, oh no, wait, is that right? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, this is back in. Wow. Okay, that. Yeah, that says a million. That definitely says a million. Oh my god. Okay, I gotta get get out of here before I start to get depressed again. Any, <laughs> anyway. So going to a town of that that size was just so awesome. You know, went to I, I had breakfast at a Denny's. And three people were in there. When's the last time you've been to a Denny's? At any time. At any time. I don't care if you're there at 3 in the morning or you're there at 9 o'clock in the morning or you're there at 8 o'clock at night. There's still going to be at least seven people there. You know what I mean? It might not be crowded, but there's a lot of people there. I don't care what time it is, right? You get drunk-ass people that are there, you know, you know, trying to eat and, you know, soak up everything that, you know, that ailed them. There are people that woke up, you know, and they're just like, oh, my God, I... You know, I gotta get rid of this hangover, so they get a bunch of like hash browns and shit. You know, I've been been there, done that. Oh, it was so. I do. I got my food super fast. I don't know if that's good or not, but whatever. Uh, I got my food super fast. It was just. Oh, it was just so great, and no traffic. 
I mean, I was there until like until you know two, and then I had to had to drive for a while, about four hours, and back to back to Austin, and. I didn't hit any traffic until I hit Austin, man. Until I hit Austin. This was a Sunday, by the way, right? Oh my god, it was it was it was gnarly, dude. How crazy the difference! Like I knew immediately once I hit Austin, I was like, oh my god, this is definitely it's definitely either in this is definitely either Austin or like Travis County or you know which is where Austin is or something like that. It was it was way too close not to be Austin. It was it, let's just say that. So anyway, since Paul is not here, why don't we go over to some subreddits and yeah, get into this. So we have done this particular subreddit before. It's called the Ask Men subreddit and I did a couple of, I'm going to try to pick some new questions although I do think some of these some of these questions were really good. So I'm going to I might click on some of them that I did like last time I recorded this and you know but I, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't really remember all of my answers to these anyway, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how these go. So anyway, why don't we go into the first question right here? Uh, did you cry? Did you guys try out any female-dominated hobbies? Which one would you recommend to other men? There's a similar post on Ask Women. Maybe uh, you also uh, got to share some positive experiences. So ma- female-dominated hobbies. Um, I did. Well, I do poetry a bit, but I don't know if that's completely female-dominated. Oh, somebody was talking about knitting. I have knitted before, but that's like what elementary school status. Man, what have I done? I mean, I cook, but I mean, I don't. You know, I cook like really basic ass shit, so I can't even say. I think baking is a little bit more of a female hobby. Baking. So yeah, I don't think I have. Although I mean, listen, I don't. I don't think there's any problem with it. It's just, I, I can't think of anything that I've been like completely drawn to that would, you know, make me want to go in that direction. Uh, it, it's just not something that I'm completely drawn to. Um, like I said, poetry is the only thing I can think of, but like, I, I don't know. I feel like men do that now it, to, to get women. So it's like, it's become very lucrative, <laughs> been very, become very lucrative for men to, you know, get into that because the way that you woo a woman could also be the same are some a lot of the same skills that you can use in poetry you know what i mean give you an example right with you i may never have the chance but at least let me get inside your pants no (laughs) that's not the type of poetry that i do by the way that's not the type of poetry i do why the fuck you lying why you always lying you know obviously the way that you mix words together are you know is are ways that women you know find you attractive as well so the way that you present yourself and all that kind of stuff so let's see the next post here what is the question you always want to ask girls but feel embarrassed i don't think there is bro dude i remember i had a whole conversation this is back in high school i had a whole conversation with a girl while we were doing so in in uh, in one of the band classes that i was doing we would get into sectionals, so I was a, I was a trombone player, so all the brass, so trumpets and all that stuff would get together. And I remember talking to this girl, like I I, don't, I just remember I, I don't know why I didn't feel uncomfortable about this, but I just straight up asked her, hey, like what is it, like periods are different for different women, right? Like how is it for you? And she she just straight up like answered it, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. I think at that point I had a girlfriend, so I didn't feel as uncomfortable asking that. I've never completely felt I okay, this might be a flaw too. I, I think that there are definitely some problems with not having a filter on what you ask people. Man, those questions those questions can get you into trouble sometimes. So I don't know if there is a question I wouldn't ask a girl. Like I'm I'm gonna be real with you. Uh somebody somebody in the comments mentioned, is it common for women to stick their butt out in a doggy style position on their bed when they're alone? My girlfriend said she's done it before to boost her confidence to or feel sexy. 
Still don't fully understand it, though. That's interesting. I don't know if I have. Uh, I, or, sorry, I, excuse me. I don't, <laughs> nope, definitely haven't done that. Uh, That's still gay. No. You're gay. You're <laughs> No, I, I don't know if I've had any experience with women that I've talked to that have done that, but I can understand the, the, I can understand the idea with it, right? You know, position before submission is, is one thing that we talk about in jiu-jitsu, and maybe <laughs> that's what they're trying to get into. Either way, I mean, I, I think whatever, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things that dudes don't like to ask. Like, I, I, I feel like anytime it's it's something about, like, menstruation, guys are really afraid to ask. I think it's mostly, it's not, a, it's not because they're too embarrassed. It's because they get embarrassed when they start, or they get grossed out when they hear about the answer. Because menstruation is a messy business, man. Uh, all of the people, I, I've never met a woman that didn't have, like, a messy menstruation story. You know what I mean? It's, at some point in her life. Like, whether it's just, like, the first time it just uh, it just happened whatever man i oh my god i remember i remember i was in class one time and this girl ended up excusing herself we were in a group it was just all girls and just me right and she ended up excusing herself ended up you know coming back and i don't know how we got on the subject because I, I didn't really care right I, I had no idea what was going on she came back in and you know one of the girls had jokingly asked like hey lucky do you have to do you have to excuse yourself too and i was like i was like no not really I, I didn't know what they were talking about, and then the girl who went out, like, she had no shame at all. She was just like, just like, oh, Lucky, are you on your period, too? And all of them started laughing, and I was like, wait, is that why you went out? What? I had no clue. It just, it threw me off a little bit too much. And I was probably in, like, middle school at that point. So, I mean, I knew it happened, right? Like, I, I, I you know, I had a, I had a good understanding of what was, what was going to happen and all that stuff, but man it just it threw me off and i was actually legitimately embarrassed because there was just all these girls laughing at me right anyway and by the way to all you women out there like god bless you for being able to deal with all that stuff i i would not be able to handle that kind of stuff dude i barely i barely handle like shitting my pants very well dude i the whole world just implodes in on me so i can't imagine like having blood in there and just figuring out what the hell to do i was just like oh god i'm I'm dying. I'm dying. Help me, guys. I have so much to live for, and here I am dying. What am I going to do? So, yeah, I, I think that would be a pretty accurate representation of what I'd do if, if that ever happened to me. So, next post. To the dudes out there, do you guys ever get annoyed when your lady wears your sweaters and t-shirts? No, but only... Okay, so yes, only when it's a shirt that I want to wear. And only when she makes it her own. I've had this a couple times where... Like where my exes just they would wear a shirt and then they would it would just be theirs it would just be theirs for the re for the e for the end of time, and I hated it because some of them I actually really liked, and you know it was funny when when I broke up with one of my exes I finally got back you know my my shirt and I was like oh this is this is so amazing I got my shirt back I I, I was so happy I was so happy wow oh my god I gotta read this comment out loud. Uh, this is from a girl. I once took my ex-boyfriend's hoodie and wore it. So in retaliation, he took my Lululemon leggings and he wore them around the house all day. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's how you get back. That's how you get back at them, guys. Remember those those uh, those leggings are really flexible. So you know, just wear them and see how they like it. See how they like it, man. <laughs> Let's see, men of Reddit. If you are a terrible kisser, would you like for your date, significant other, or friend to let you know? How would you prefer they break the news to you? I've recently got out of a relationship with a great kisser. The kisses I've been getting from dates are like they're saying chomp at my face on my face. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. I was I actually was a terrible kisser when I first started this. 
then I started getting better at it. Um, I, dude, I don't know what it, what's, you know, I always wonder, because when people say they're not good kissers, I'm like, okay, so what is the problem here? Because I actually don't know what it is. I've mainly, I mean, I've never had a problem with kissing for the most part, except for in the beginning of it, because I didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, how do you, how do you kiss besides like just a peck on the cheek, you know? So for me, I had no clue, but man, I don't know how, how would you for the, I think you should do it in as sexy way as possible. By the way, it seems like this is, is this a, it seems like this is a girl, right? Cause they're asking like men of Reddit, if you're a trouble kisser, would you like, okay. So, uh, yeah, I, so yes, I would like them to let me know. Just like if you were, if we were having sex and there was something you didn't like, I would like you to let me know because that, that's not something that I want you to harbor. Because the thing is, when we don't tell people what we want, they start to har uh, sorry, uh, we start to harbor resentment for them because we're mistakenly, uh, we're mistakenly, you know, blaming them for something we never told them that we didn't like, right? Let's say you want your significant other to do dishes, right? But you always just take care of them, but you never tell them, right? Eventually, one day you're just like, "Well, it'd be nice if you did the dishes once in a while," you know. That's not fair to that person because they never knew that you wanted that, right? And maybe you could say, oh, well, that should have been understood. Well, if they never did it and you never told them, it's not completely on them. Maybe it's somewhat on them, but, you know, because that would be proper courtesy. But it's somewhat on you as well because you did not let them know that this is something that you wanted out of them. So there is that. You know, letting them know would be great. But the, the what I was talking about earlier, like letting them know in a sexy way, you know, hey, listen – I, I don't I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything. I just um, do you mind if we practice kissing a little bit? Because I I I know it's there. I just want to kind of get it. You know, I just want to get it right. You know, I just really want to get it right. So, um, you know, practice with them. I mean, who doesn't want to practice kissing? Come on, guys. Who doesn't want to practice kissing? I don't know. I I'm trying to think. I mean, it's been so long since I kissed anybody that I don't actually don't absolutely know what to tell people i mean you put your lips out and you i don't know it could also be like the way that their face is shaped i remember <laughs> i remember i heard this one girl talking about she uh she made out with a black guy over and over somewhere when she was on a field trip or something like that or she was visiting somewhere and she remember i remember her telling telling me and my ex you know like his lips were so huge that they ended up like taking over the <laughs> taking over her face and she wasn't used to it and so I, I think a lot of times like facial structure can have something to do with it. But yeah, I, so for me personally, yes, I would like to, I would like you to let me know if I'm a bad kisser and B, I would like you to show me, you know, it's like that old, uh, that old, what, what is it? Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, enlighten me, you know, that kind of stuff. So let's see. Next question is, I think we're seeing a lot of, uh, things I I'm assuming from women. I'm not too sure, but this sounds like a woman that's asking this. Uh, do you guys like women with no makeup? If so, why or why not? So I don't mind it. Um, personally, I think that's up to the woman and if she can pull it off or not. Like I've had, I, huh, you know, I don't think I was a big part of the makeup scene. My, my girls or my, my ex-girlfriends, uh, you know, do makeup and stuff. I've definitely, you know, seen, seen them do it sometimes, but I mean, I'm not a big prevailer of it. I mean, you have to remember, right. When I was talking on one of the podcasts earlier, like one of my exes had really hairy legs. I never really cared if she uh, she shaved. Now, granted, if she wore like short shorts or something like that, probably would be a little bit easier for her. Like, because, you know, we're not exactly that kind of society, right? It's not exactly 
the the best thing to go out in short shorts with hairy legs but you know but during like the colder months or something like that i didn't really give a shit you know doesn't matter to me uh with me no i don't really i don't really care uh if it's something if i notice it's something that she needs to keep her confident then i do then oh man this is a difficult question actually now that i'm thinking about it because obviously like if a girl's makeup is on point i mean that can change the whole fucking game but there's something about a girl that doesn't need makeup to to be on point is, that's just crazy, crazy hot. I don't know what it is, but I think it's just that natural look. You know what I mean? Oh, somebody's asking about studying. I am the wrong person to ask about that. Let me just go to the next. Let me go to an easier question. Men, what is your biggest regret? Yeah, that's right. I What is my biggest regret is a better is an easier question than how to study. My biggest regret in life. Uh, you know what? I, I would have to say not instigating more... Sorry, not initiating more hangouts with my father. You know, once I hit 18, I still thought of my father as, oh, he needs to be the one to come to me because I'm the victim here. I'm the victim of his neglect. He should be the one to come to me. I think, you know, as I got my driver's license, as I got a little bit more freedom and all that stuff, I should have invested a little bit more time into maybe getting to know him a bit more, going to visit him a little bit more. You know, I, I was always really afraid because, you know, typically in Samoan culture, like, you know, in, in, not unlike, you know, I, I see this a lot in American culture now, but, you know, in, in Samoan culture, like, if you, there is, adults are to be respected at all times or else, you know. So whenever I would go, to, like, my dad would always, like, boss me around and all that kind of stuff. And it felt weird because I didn't have as much respect for him. Now, if one of my aunties or my uncles asked me to do something, like, yeah, I got you, I got you. Whenever my dad did it, man, I just didn't. There was something about it that, you know, and for people that are maybe new to the podcast, I had a very on and off relationship with my father. We, my, my dad and my mom were divorced when I was around five, I think, maybe. Uh, I think it was, like, right before preschool happened for me. So for me, it was very tough dealing with, uh, with that. And, you know, he was, he eventually started coming less and less and less and, uh, to, to see me. So, you know, for me, I think it would be initiating some of, uh, initiating, um, quality time to do, to hang out with him. But I, I just really didn't want to, I just, I always felt like, oh yeah, I don't need him. I don't need him. But after a while, you know, especially once I got hospitalized for, for, for depression and, or for my panic attack at the time, I started realizing that he was a big part of why I was suffering so much. So, yeah, I would probably say, you know, not not putting a little bit, not putting more effort into, uh, you know, hanging out with my dad and getting to know him a little bit more. But, you know, it's all in the past now. So, but, you know, according to that question, yes, that would be my, my biggest regret. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how important is it to match your sense of humor to your significant others? Uh, maybe how much are you willing to compromise for the right person? Okay, so I don't care if they're funny all that much, but I, they, if they don't get me, if they don't get my sense of humor, which my sense of humor is very dark, you know, and that's the thing is I can't stop myself from being funny, but or stop myself from laughing, right? But, you know, I, I think it would have to, I think it would be about a seven or an eight for me. Now, I'm not, like I said, it's not as important for her to be super funny to me, but yeah, at least for me, I, she needs to get my sense of humor because that's a big part of who I am. I'm, I'm a joker, so. Uh, what is your morning routine? Well, I work out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, um, do a full body routine. I'm trying to do that right when I wake up now, so uh, I, I just started that this week, so I, normally it would be to wake up, get breakfast. I think for me, a morning routine is very, very healthy. Like, my, my sister is very big on morning routine. Um, which I don't even know how she does it, man. She, she always, she has this thing where she like wakes up at like 3am 
And I, I could not do that. Like I, I actually, funny enough, I ju- I woke up at like three o'clock this morning and I had to go take a piss. And all I was thinking about was, you know, this new project I'm working on. I'm like, I'm like, what am I going to name it? 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 Hey, 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 lucky, lucky. Hey, lucky, before you go to sleep, uh, what are you going to name it? What are you going to name it? <laughs> you know, I was just like, no, stop it. Stop it. Thoughts. You know, and I was, I, obviously, eventually I did go to sleep, but it took me like an hour or something like that. So, you know, having a morning routine to kind of get your thoughts in place and stuff. I mean, obviously I have, I have podcasts that I do every day, but yeah, th- those are a big help to me. So let's see. Aside from sleeping, uh, quote unquote, sleep and sleeping on it wrong. What is the dumbest way you've pulled a muscle or broken a bone? I just strained my neck by drinking water too fast. <laughs> That's got to suck. Uh, I mean, I pulled out my back a couple times just by doing random things. I remember, you know, I, I had tried to lift up a water heater at, at my old job. And, uh, the next day I tried to get out of bed and I like, dude, I felt like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen those old men in cartoons where like all of a sudden the white line comes down. It's like, ah, you know, you hear the cracking noise and you're like, ah, that's how it felt like to me. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I just started laughing incessantly because the pain was so much that I just started laughing. I had to crawl to the phone and call my mom or uh, call off because I, I was about to go to work in like an hour or something like that. I was just like, oh, my God. It was it was ridiculous, man. I was, it threw me off so hard. Uh, the other way I was doing a uh, – in first – hmm. I think it was first grade. In first grade – there was this kid that hung out with me and my other friend and he was an older kid and uh, we ended up doing like a wrestling match and stuff and I thought I was like some slick shit and uh, he ended up catching my my leg, right? Like when I went up to kick him. It was kind of wrestling but kind of a fight and then I ended up uh, I ended up doing it, what's called it's a guri, right? So when somebody catches your kick, you, you basically turn your body around and kick them with the other foot. And, bro, I landed right on my, I think it was my left, yeah, it was my left hand and I fractured my wrist. One of the stupidest things I've ever done. Don't, don't, don't do that. Uh, that, that was not, that was not a good situation, you know? And I remember, dude, my mom, bro, my mom, like, dug that shit into me, dude. I remember, like, weeks after, because, you know, that, that was back in the time, you know, when cable stations were popular, right? And we used to watch, like, the USA Network and all that stuff where wrestling was. And they would all, it always show like a, a fucking like Mick Foley and a couple other people. It was like, some call these men the greatest entertainers on earth, flying without wings, defying physical limitations. But the risks these men take are great. Bodies have been battered, necks broken, careers ended in an instant. Yes, this is entertainment, but the hazards are real. No matter who you are, whatever you do, Please, don't try this at home. Remember, don't try this at home. And my mom would look at me like, yeah, don't try this at home, Lucky. I was like, fuck. <laughs> it was like so embarrassing. I had to keep looking at these at some of my favorite wrestlers say, don't try this at home. And so, yeah, obviously now I don't, I don't try that at home. So how do you accept that you can't make everything right or that you can never fix certain things that you want to? Be it a relationship, parents, marriage, a friendship, a car, a partner, a friend, or anything. Well, I'll give you an example, actually. Funny enough, I was just uh, on a subreddit earlier today uh, called Forever Alone, and some guy was was arguing, was you know, talking about his height, and he was just like, "Oh man, I I hate, I'm five two. Like, you know, girls are on their dating apps are always asking for five eight guys." So I always say to focus on things that you can actually change. If it's not something that you can change, well, at least not easily, then don't 
focus on it so much, right? Focus on the things that you can change. Put your energy into things that you can change. For me, I've had a tough time finding a relationship, but mainly because I'm not making any income right now, right? I'm taking taking a while off to, to do podcasting and pursue this type of career. So I have to also think, all right, well, I'm not going to be able to change this. So it's very unlikely that I'm going to be able to find a girlfriend because typically they want somebody with some type of income, uh, very rightfully so. And so I've accepted those facts. Now, what can I change? Well, maybe I can start thinking about, oh, maybe this is a part-time job I can eventually do, or how do I make money doing what I can do? So I'm putting more of my thought into that rather than the things I, I can't change right now. You know what I mean? Um, another thing would be, you know, uh, you know, especially like when my, my mom and dad got divorced, I was very, I kept on asking like my mom, is she ever going to get together with my dad? And I, I remember she, she fucking laughed in my face one time, <laughs> like it, it cracked her up so much, you know, and I can see why, right? Cause we had just gotten away from this guy who was a fucking monster to us. And, you know, now I'm, I'm asking her like, you know, but it was just a serious question that I really wanted to know. And eventually I kind of accepted it, but you know, I, and I eventually, actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was one of the contributing factors to her getting her name returned back to her maiden name, because she was, she had my father's name for a while, and I think I, one day I was, I remember having the conversation with her, I don't know if this is completely a persuader, but I said, you know, mom, why, why is your name still, uh, still Nua, you know, I was, I just kind of was curious, and she ended up talking to me, that's my last name, by the way, and she was like, well, I mean, you know, I, you know, it's it's still my name. I, ha- I have it on everything. I was like, well, cr- well, sorry, I'm not gonna say your last name, but your your uh, your last name is also your name. I mean, that's who you are, right? And so, um, I think I was a contributing factor to it. I don't think I was like the main factor to her getting her name reverted back, but um, I think that was, that was one of the times where I kind of like, I finally accepted, like, you know, they're not getting back together. It's not happening. And I was pretty young when that happened too. So, so yeah, for me, I think you should put your energy into things that. You can change, therefore, that, that way you can forget about the things that you can't change, whether it be your height. Uh, maybe you have some type of weight problem that is inherent, that you really cannot fix, right? There are some people out there, as much as I, I like to make fun of fat people, there are some fat people who are like, I mean, it's, it could be a genetics thing, right? I mean, I remember hearing about this thing where sometimes when people are like descendants of people who were oppressed, right? Uh, let's say your grandfather or great-grandfather or great-grandmother or whatever, were in were survivors of the Holocaust, right, or some something like that. Where you know back then, I remember we were in um we were in one of history class. And I remember the at the time when when Jews were in the ghettos and stuff, they were only allowed two hundred and forty calories a day. Two hundred and forty calories a day. I want you right now. If you have a if you have a can of soda or something like that, check out how many calories is in a can of Coke, a can of Pepsi, a can of Sprite. It's roughly around that. It's almost, uh, it's about 220 calories, if I'm not mistaken, is the average amount of, of what's in a soda. Uh, like, I, I think it's in a bottle of soda, but, you know, a can of soda or anything like that. Like, that's how much, that's how much these people are getting. And so, eventually, evolution kicks in, right? So, you're, you start to get to the point where you are, like, any type of, any type of calories you get, you're, you're holding on to for dear life. So, if that evolutionary process keeps going down and down and down, right, eventually, when you have somebody that's much in much more of a fortunate situation and they eat some McDonald's with their friends, right? That that person's gonna hold on to that shit because their evolutionary DNA is telling them, you gotta hang on to this shit because I remember your ancestors and they wanted you know, they needed to keep that shit, so therefore you need to keep this shit. So like I said, I'm very sensitive to those types of things, but there there are different things out there. So, you know, figure out what you can change, figure out 
and work on yourself from there. So, you know, just whatever that may mean. Ooh, this is an interesting question. Uh, what color eyes do you find the most attractive and why? I got to be real with you, man. I'm really into blue eyes. There's something about a girl with blue eyes that just... A bl- a blue or green, but, man, blue eyes is so... I, so... I don't know what it is, man. It's just so beautiful, man. Uh, oh, man, yeah. It's, I just I, I almost went off into a fucking, like, trance right now. Oh, my God. That is a tough question. I think... Yeah, I still, I still think blue. I, I just... I think blue, but obviously it would depend on what the girl... Like, if the girl has a butt ugly face and she's got blue eyes, it's not gonna... It's not gonna help her in the long run, right? It's not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna look at her blue eyes and be like, I don't have to look at anything else, you know, give her the paper bag option, poke some holes in there and just see the blue eyes. No, that's not right. Can't believe you guys would even suggest that. I cannot believe you guys would even suggest that, you sick motherfuckers. But anyway, why don't we do one? Oh, we do like one more question here. Very interesting question. I don't know if this is a woman or not, but how can I support my male friends to deal with their emotions? I noticed that many of my male friends, acquaintances, or coworkers don't really have anyone to talk to about their emotions if they are single, which oftentimes leads them to being emotionally starved. When they hang out with their guy friends, they usually don't talk about their feelings and keep it quite superficial. This is also does this also apply to you? And if so, how did how do you deal with it? Is there any way for me as a female friend or sister to support you without overstepping boundaries, as they may not be used to talking about their emotions, that it's just uncomfortable for them? See, this is the problem, though. I I. Dude, after the, the hospital, dude, I've been pretty open about most of my emotions. I do keep some of them locked away. I, like, I still don't like crying in front of people. It's not exactly my cup of tea. It's not something that I feel comfortable with. But I, I it's tough for me to say as a girl. So if you're a sister, though, that's a very different friend. That's a different, very different relationship, right? But if you got to be careful if you're a female trying to help a guy with this. Because, dude, some, t- some of these guys, bro... Some of these guys, you give them an inch, bro, they will take 500 miles. They're not going to take a mile, bro. They're going to take 500 miles. They're going to be like, wow, this girl's, this girl's helping me. She must want the dick. How many times have you seen that post, right? Oh, she wants the dick, right? And it's like some, it's a meme of like something that's so like, so, uh, so simple and shit. You know, it's like, uh, some girl asking for directions. Oh my God, she wants the D, you know, it's like, it's something so simple like that. So you got to be very careful with how you how you present that because like i said there there are something they could they could end up uh they could end up overstepping your boundaries you're talking about overstepping you you overstepping boundaries they could overstep your boundaries as well so um another thing you could probably do is just you know ask him like how everything's going but i'll be real with you it's very tough for men to open up to women who aren't you know exactly romantically involved and even then it's really tough so yeah i would just say maybe treat them equally you know don't you don't have to Give them any special treatment or anything like that, and I think that I think uh, you can only do your best by, you know, being a good friend to them. You know what I mean? You know, asking them outright, what you know, hey, what is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything wrong? That could help, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't tell you to hesitate to ask that. But there are some guys who will immediately close up after that. I I know some of them, you know, pretty well that would just close up and be like, what? <laughs> What are you talking about, bro? Like, you know, anything like that. Now, I don't know how it would be if a girl asked that, but a lot of guys, you know, there are a lot of guys that I've met where if you ask them what's wrong, they'll just immediately shoot it down or, you know, get very defensive about things. So it's, uh, it can be kind of tough to navigate those waters, but I think just being a good friend would be a, would be a good start. How about that? You know, speaking of friends, why don't you listen to our friend and sponsor, Anchor. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening to our friend and sponsor, Anchor. So 
we were just talking about the Ask Men subreddit. Now we're going over to a little bit more of a controversial page. You know, I, I think you have to be a little bit more open-minded too. So we are in the age of feminism, obviously, and there is a, I guess, a counter movement called the Men Rights Activist. And so I am at the Men's Rights uh, Reddit page. So we'll see, or subreddit page. So we'll see kind of how this goes. Uh, I did, like I said, I did a little bit of this last time I recorded this. They actually did have some very good points on here. So this first post is, uh, th it's a screenshot, but I can just read you what, they, what it says. When I genuinely think men are biologically the inferior gender. Uh, I, I don't think that's completely true. I, I don't, it would depend on how you're looking at things. Because I think men do things that are better, uh, better than women. And women do things that are be uh, better than men. So it depends on what you're looking at. I, I think... And this is this is a problem with men too, because men's rights activists actually sound like this sometimes, where they're just like, "Oh well, men are just a superior gender in, in this way, this way, this way." And even though, like rationally speaking, that might be true of some some things, you also have to remember the way that you word things are going to matter in women's eyes. You have to you have to make sure that you're very clear in what you say, because you know, like things like this can be misconstrued as well. So, listen, I've heard this from men too, that saying like men are the 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 better gender. Now, I will say this. I am happy that I'm not a woman because I don't want to deal with menstruation. Like we were just talking about earlier, like I would lose my shit. I would absolutely lose my damn shit. Uh, let's see. My thoughts on the call for a sex strike in Texas to protest a new abortion law. Huh, that's interesting. Uh, so, th by the way, this is what this person is saying. Let's see what they say. It shows that women believe that the only power they have, are, or more accurately, the most powerful thing they possess is the power of sex which is something that feminists have been supposedly fighting for for decades. Yet, it is their first go-to thing to make social change. Number two, they believe men have such power that if they aren't getting sex, they will just change that law as though men have any real power. Yes, let's hold back sex and all those men will get the law changed at the next patriarchy meeting. Yeah, so there are a lot of things here. We have to remember that there are a lot of women that are pro-life as well in this. Same thing, but, you know, look at the other side, right? There are a lot of men that are pro-choice uh, pro as well. So looking at it in that way is is not completely right. Um, I think what they're trying to do, is, right, is to say that we can't afford to get pregnant or else, you know, or else we won't be able to get an abortion, which, unfortunately, that kind of thinking is not going to help. Okay, <laughs> How do I say this? This kind of thinking, this kind of thing, is not going to help people that are already pro-life, right? It's like, oh, you don't want to have sex, so you don't get an abortion. Perfect, because guess what? You know, some of these people are religious. They probably, they probably disagree with having sex before marriage anyway. So all you're doing is playing further into their hands. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't think that you're going to be able to uh, sway too many minds. I'm just saying this. You know, by the way, you're more than welcome to strike any way that you want. I just don't think this is going to be a very effective strike. You know what I mean? So, you know, all you're doing is punishing the men that are in your life that maybe agree with you. You're not punishing the men that are men. I mean, well, I guess the supposed men that you're thinking about, uh, you're not punishing them at all because they probably aren't having sex with you anyway. Right. So like uh, this would only make sense if it was like a the wife of one of the people that that helped pass this law. Right. If it was one of those people. OK, I told that's a good idea. If it's somebody off the street. I don't know what the hell you're doing, right? Because, A, it's, like, it's not like, you know, when Cesar Chavez used to do his, uh, his hunger strikes, like that showed, uh, that showed that he was willing to give something up that was absolutely a benefit to life. Sex, uh, you can go pretty long without sex. You know what I mean? You can go pretty long without sex, especially if you're a girl. 
You know, you can go pretty long without sex. You can go pretty long without sex with a guy, as a guy too, but it, the temptation is very difficult. So yeah, I don't think this is a very effective way to strike. I think there are other ways. I think there are more effective ways to strike and to make your point than just punishing a group of guys that probably are with you all the way on, on a lot of this stuff. Let's see. What, what, what is this? So uh, this is a quote. Normally when I talk about men, it is because I'm angry about them, but right now I'm angry for them. Why didn't no one tell me? That men just don't just don't get told nice things. Apparently today I told my boyfriend, "Hey, you, you're deserving of love," and he cried so hard he got a nosebleed on my new dress. I'm not bad about mad about the dress. I'm not mad about that at all. I'm mad about the fact that the, that in his 18 years of life, 18 years of life, no one, not a single person, has told this man that he's deserving of love. Are you fucking shitting me? So that is that is very interesting. I um that that's cool. It's, it's a YouTube video here. I think this is, this is like in China or something like that. I don't I don't even know. So that actually might have something to to do with the with the subject matter. So I'm not completely sure, you know, because in in a lot of these countries, in a lot of like Asian countries, that's 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 kind of true as well. Like men aren't as comfortable, you know, as well in those countries, you know, saying what they feel and you know, getting a lot of the, that comfort. I mean, if you look at the Japanese suicide rate, man, it's it's stupid now, and I do mean that. It's just stupid how how much it's grown, and so it can be it can be tough, and so. And yeah, you're probably, you know, people are more likely to spoil women than they are men. That's just how it is. And listen, there, there's one thing I learned from the red pill community that I think is absolutely true, which is that men are the disposable sex. That doesn't sound great. It doesn't sound nice, but I think it's true in most cases. Okay. So if you look at the Titanic, who were the people that ended up uh surviving it's pretty much only women you know right it was mostly women jack died all the sorry spoilers for titanic if you haven't seen that movie yet who are typically the people that are negotiated for the the women and children you know all that kind of stuff and i think rightfully so right i think you should be you should go for the you should go to protect the the the, the people that need protecting which is women and children right you should go go straight and try and try and help them uh, i think in this new like generation of men who don't really know what manhood is it's very hard for them to wrap their head around this so now they're asking for like you know equality in that because women are asking for equality and other things but i don't think a lot of women actually want that kind of equality they don't want equality of you know like oh we both have to sacrifice ourselves for the greater good oh i don't think i want that you know it, it, there's there's a lot of different things that can go on with that. Not saying that women don't sacrifice themselves, right? It's like it's a lot like a mama lion, right? There's no way a mama lion wouldn't give her li life up for her for her cubs. Uh, let's see here. Let's go for the next post here. Uh, there is such a thing as pick me guys. Incoherent rant. All right, let's see what this incoherent rant is about. Women being called pick me's for defending men get gets me about more angry than the most than most things for countless reason. Uh, reasons. I mean, you're so maliciously misandric that you're literally looping back to misogyny, but that's not the point. There's this idea that th that since there is such a thing as pick me girls, or I'm not like other girls, girls mean that uh, means that society must hate women and that they're struggling under the pressure of patriarchal misogyny. This makes no sense since guys are throwing uh, since guys throwing all other men under the bus, aka I'm not like other guys, is super common, especially nowadays. Yes, it is. It's very common. This is what we call the white knights. Or in my, you know, I like to use a simpler word, uh, fucking losers. Uh, that's two words, sorry. I, I like to use two simpler words, fucking losers. So it's normal for people to want to escape their negative stereotypes, and there's a lot of stigma around existing as a man. This means men will often throw other men under the bus to prove themselves. 
The biggest difference is not in the difference in which a se in uh, which a sex is more prone to do so. It's about how people treat negative stereotypes. When there are negative stereotypes for women, everyone knows that's wrong. Therefore, reinforcing them by saying, I'm not like other girls, will get a bad reaction. Meanwhile, people are often, often support, support misandry, which is the opposite of misogyny, right? Uh, not only will people accept stereotypes that attack men, some will seemingly make it their life goal to remind everyone how awful men are. So when men reinforce that stigma, they are instead widely celebrated. So yeah, this this goes back to yeah, and somebody said yeah, they're called simp's exactly. So you have to realize that denying what you are does not help the situation. It doesn't help the situation that you're in, right? It just doesn't. So w when we're talking about guys who do this and stuff, like oh, I'm not like other guys. Oh, those that guy treated you like shit, you know, you know, or or the guys that are waiting for you to break up with your girlfriend so that they can get in on that action. Those guys are some of the the, the fucking vultures. You know, you know who I'm talking about. It's fucking vultures just waiting, you know, waiting on a perch, just waiting for you to get rid, to, to do something wrong, to fuck up and be, you know, go, go comfort your girl, go comfort your girl after all, everything she's went through. Just be like, hey, that guy was an asshole. You want somebody that doesn't treat you like that? Well, that's me. And I guarantee you, eventually that guy's going to treat you worse. You know, by the way, there is real misogyny. I, I get that, but I feel like we've, we've changed the definition of words to, I don't know. It seems like, you know, even like when we call people like racist, right? A lot of times when I hear racist, eh, I, I'm going to be real with you. It's kind of like hearing the, the little boy that cried wolf. It's like, oh, really? You know, and one day there's going to be like a real racist and people are going to be like, it's a racist. It's like, oh, you mean like you're calling all these people? Is that who you're, is that who you're talking about? And that's going to be a real racist. You're like, oh, fuck, I could have stopped the next Hitler. But no, I've, <laughs> you know, I, I just got too used to hearing the word racist. You know, you got to be very careful about using words and using them so often because, you know, like I've said on this podcast before, it's a lot like when you uh, use a currency, right? If you just keep on printing a currency, well, it just gets, it loses its value. Anyway, who is funding pushing or slash pushing this anti-male culture slash ideology? Hey, everyone, I kind of have a question. The title basically said, no, you don't kind of have a question. You have a fucking question, bitch. Man up for that shit. I'll say. <laughs> Saddle basically says it all. I'm wondering who is benefiting from canceling men to the point where you ban movements that are pro-men's rights. Who is, ga uh, who is gaining from this and what is it besides leading men into suicide? It can't be three Karens on a Walmart parking lot. Someone has to be making money out of this. I can't think of any other reason. So I think this is a lot like the abortion argument, right? When we're talking about like, oh, like there are also pro, uh, sorry, pro-life women as well. Same thing with this anti-male culture, right? There are also a lot of men who are absolutely for this culture. And why? Because they end up reaping the benefits. So listen, if this is, this is a very, um, I remember I was reading like Friedrich Nietzsche and one of the things that he had mentioned is uh, master and slave morality. I'm not going to get too into it because I don't remember exactly, but one of the things, one of the methods that he, that I remember hearing him say was this idea of slave morality. By the way, slave isn't like a slave as in like a, you know, like a indentured slave or servitude or anything like that. It's like, it's, it's more of a, a, a mentality or anything like that. So he actually called a lot of religious people. Uh, they, he thought they had slave morality, which meant that they would follow blindly like sheep, you know, and in, in, in Christianity, we call ourselves sheeps of God, who is a shepherd, right? Jesus is a shepherd. So he thought of them as, but one of the things that he had mentioned, right, was in slave morality, it's very common to attack the strength, uh, attack the principles that make the, um, 
that make the the master morality so remember slave and master make master morality strong so things so you attack whatever it is whether it be the the will to power which i won't get into that right now because i don't remember the well things that make them strong right and you can think about it in the sense of the poor going after the rich now there are certain things that you can definitely go after the rich for but if you're just going after the rich because they're rich and you say like oh yeah they they just got rich because of a trust fund or because of this or because of that that's not exactly a valid argument right of course any person well mostly any uh any parent with the right mind would want to give their their child some type of trust fund they would want to give them something right if they're well off right like jeff bezos i don't know if he has kids i'm assuming he does like obviously he's going to want to give his kids something also there is a question of whether or not they do well with that which i think uh, generations have kind of shown like do you guys know anybody named rockefeller do you guys know any of those people like apparently those kids are still like you know there are there are um descendants and stuff but i mean who the fuck knows what's happening with all that money right i sure don't so whether or not it lasts is really up to the next uh, the descendants and stuff so going back to to this question i think that it might be a mixture of women but also i think that men uh there are men out there who are just completely um subscribing to this and i'm not saying the men who have bad things to say about uh you know, other men, like, yes, you can have bad things to say about other men, but the, the, the pick me guys, right. The, the guys that they're talking about right here, where they're like, Oh, I'm not like other guys. I, I totally respect. I worship women. Oh my God. You got like, you know, if you were my girlfriend, I treat you like a goddess. I treat you like a fucking goddess. You could be my Hera, which is actually not a very great goddess to use, but you know, it, it does. Jeez. It, it's, it's so crazy to me, man absolutely freaking nuts so uh, one of the things that i mentioned when i was recording this before was this fact that when we are talking about women right yes they were actually they were absolutely mistreated back you know back in the early days but now it's like we've decided to to do okay now we're just gonna flip the script and make it all about women and we'll just treat men like shit that's not exactly gonna work because eventually and it seems like it's kind of happening there will be a revolution that will ask you know, that will ask, uh, you know, why, why are we treating men like this? And it's kind of already happening, man. Whenever I hear things like this, man, it always kind of breaks my heart because I think whenever we talk about men, we always have this, you know, as I said before, right, we are a disposable sex. It's very easy to dispose of us, you know, whereas if we need to keep our society going, right, and we, we would probably want more, you know, a certain amount of women than men, right, because they are the primary people who give birth right so obviously that gives them an inherent value in life even if you do nothing else in your life if you become a mother you will be seen in society as someone who is great however if you are a man and you do nothing in your life but become a father it's tough for people to i don't know it's tough for them to really look at you uh, in in a respectful way and i don't know what it is you know i think that that the fathers are are great and they're very much needed but you know if they aren't doing something at the same time typically they'll look at you almost as if you are your career first and then father maybe second or third typically that's what i see it's a tough road for for men not saying that it's not a tough road for women but like i said i i speak up mo mainly for men because i don't really you know where to really go with it so uh w w when it comes to women right if you if women out, are out there maybe you can talk about some of your struggles and but i just think that there are so many groups that talk about women's struggles that 
we kind of need to you know counterbalance it a little bit with some more things about like men uh, men's problems. So as I hit puberty again, speaking of hitting puberty, so there, this question I did answer yesterday, but I did want to bring this up. So this is a teacher, right? And I I don't even need to read it. I, I just remember it sticking out so much in my mind. So basically, what happened was. There was a boy who groped a girl, so he touched her butt at school. And by the way, no conjecture. This is all 100% true because the boy came forward and admitted to it. Uh, there were witnesses. And the problem is he's asking what should the consequences be because expulsion or criminal cases is a bit severe because remember these kids are like, I think they're 15 or 17 or something like that. They're pretty young. And so for a boy like this, now there doesn't, this is not for me to say that these are, there should be no consequences for this boy. There should absolutely be consequences. There should be suspension. There should be some type of maybe a re-education class or something like that, which I think he did some type of isolated, uh, isolated studies. But I don't know about expulsion. I don't know about criminal cases. I, I, I definitely, I definitely don't think criminal case should be in there. Definitely do not think that should be that should be a, an idea because all he did was grope her butt, right? Now, if he assaulted her, like full on assaulted her, that's a completely different story. I don't think a criminal record. Is, I, I, I don't even know if expulsion. I think that might be a bit much, but I think that's the furthest I'd be willing to go with a case like this. You know, if somebody said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna expel him," I'd be like, "Oh, that's a little rough, don't you think?" But if they said criminal criminal consequence or criminal case, oh, absolutely, I would never, I would not ask for that. You know that that's very different than an adult doing it. You know, I I want to remind women out there for you know, I remember what I was like at fifteen and seventeen, and bro, I I'm surprised I survived, man. It, dude, you you almost feel like a different species at that age. It literally, you literally almost feel like a different species. It almost feels like boys uh, from the ages of maybe like six, like five or six to like the age of maybe even 25, man, should be kept in like a, a restricted facility. You know what I mean? Like we should, <laughs> like you should be kept in like some type of prison cell, like not a, like a prison cell, prison cell, but you know, like a place where like they, they, they force you to work out every day, like somewhere where you, they teach you discipline and they force discipline on you. I think that's why sports for kids are very good. Now I never partook in sports. Because I didn't really have a male figure in my life that was uh, really like on me about it. Now I did, I did do basketball early on in my life, but nothing ever really stuck after that. With that in mind, you know, uh, I think that men, like young boys, man, they face a tough road because you know all they're all they're thinking about, all they're all that I was thinking about that at that time was you know sex, sex, sex. Now, granted, I grew up with porn, so porn might have been a big reason why I you know, why I really wanted those things. I'm not completely sure. I mean, we're just starting to see what porn has done to a whole generation. You might be able to say like, oh yeah, but what about all the porno mags back then? Well, it's not, it wasn't nearly as easy to get those, right? You had to find an uncle or something like that that had them. Whereas now, I mean, it's so easy, dude. Just reach into your pocket, pull out a phone, go incognito mode and go to porn, right? Very easy to find porn. I think we're definitely going to start seeing the, and this might be an example of it, right? 15 or 17 years ago would be, what, 2004? And, you know, these kids probably didn't start getting a Okay, so yeah, this kid probably in his teenage years eventually got a phone, right? 
and maybe eventually he started looking up. So now, like I said, this is not to to defend what he did. I think that was a piece of shit thing to do, and he needs to learn his lesson. He can't be doing that to to, to young women like that. That is absolutely terrible behavior. But like I said, criminal case, absolutely not. Expulsion, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's as far as we want to get. I think that it might be up to the the. I might be. It might be up to the girl's family, right? If they feel like they can't be around, like they don't want their daughter around this, I think they have a full the full right to petition this. But I think it's actually going to be up to the school in this case because I think they're the ones that get to decide this. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Maybe girls out there, if you had your butt touched by somebody and everything came out, you were they were totally uh, they they were reprimanded. They had some. What 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 would the punishment be for like that you would feel happy? Uh, or sorry, that you would not feel happy, but you would feel like justice was done. Would it take all the way to a criminal case or would it just be, uh, would it mean expulsion? Would it mean suspension for a couple of days? Would it mean maybe he gets kicked off the football team if he's in a football team or if he's in like a another organization, maybe he can't go there for a month or two? Like what would it take, right? Because I think that sounds pretty fair, right? I, I really, I really don't know. This was, this was the one that actually uh, confused me the most. I really didn't know where I wanted to go with this, but you know, anyway. Uh, what's the next post here? Why men are ashamed? Uh, why are men shamed for wanting sex? It's interesting, right? Any of you girls out there probably know, right? If your man doesn't want to have sex, what happens to you? You feel hurt. And then I can't tell you how many times, you know, uh, it's happened or how it happened to me when, you know, all of a sudden my girlfriend wanted something I didn't want it. It was completely, it was crazy, man. Like she, she looked at me like I was like nuts. Like what? You don't want this? You don't want this? you don't want this, you know, it's, you know, it, it gets to the point where, whereas men are so used to women not wanting this, that it's like, okay, it doesn't really matter, you know, or I can go, you know, I'll just go deal with it myself. It's not a big deal. I, I don't know where this is coming from. Cause I mean, obviously men are shamed a little bit for having a higher sex drive, right? For, oh, the, all you do is want sex all the time. I mean, we were just talking about this last week, right? Where Paul and I were, were talking about this and, you know, he was, uh, he was mentioning like, you know, one of, one of his exes just like, they didn't want to have sex, but then they wouldn't let him jerk off either, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it, it's very, it's very tough. And, you know, like I said before, there was, uh, there was this uh, comedian that was talking about the transgender person who was, they went from uh, female to male. And the minute they started getting hit up with that testosterone, because you have to remember, men have roughly, oh my God, I think it's about, uh, how much... I think it's test ten times. No, it's even how much testosterone do men have? Oh, there we go. Okay, so this is pretty interesting. Um, so the average testosterone for for males around this age is one hundred to twelve hundred. I can't remember exactly what it is, but uh, deciliters. It's uh, nanograms per deciliter or something like that, and uh. For women, it is less than 7 to 75. I want to point that out again, right? What is the top male uh, testosterone rate? It's up to all the way up to 1,200. Women, it can be as low as 7. It could be as high as 75, right? Average. And it doesn't really get much more than that. You know what I mean? So, if and when this, you know, when this uh, trans person ended up getting, uh, you know, testosterone and stuff, all of a sudden they started noticing things more. Like, you know, even an elbow would turn them on and be like, oh, what the fuck is going on, right? Going back to, the, you know, the the question that we're talking about right now when we're talking about for uh, wanting sex, there is a reason why men's... And testosterone, I remember I was listening to the Dr. Drew podcast, uh, After Dark, 
he was mentioning how testosterone is directly correlated with libido. So there's a reason why women don't want sex nearly as much as men, but some women do have very high testosterone and they're totally fine. It directly correlates with why uh, men like to masturbate more than women on average. So yeah, there's a lot there. But anyway, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that. No matter if you're a man or a woman or anything like that, uh, you know, just remember there's always another side, right? I mean, I wouldn't mind doing like a feminism, uh, you know, Reddit or anything like that. Maybe if you guys want to hear us do that, you can always email us at casualbros with an SPL, as in Paul and Lucky, at gmail.com. Remember, you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual. <laughs>